Hello and welcome back my partners in crime and welcome to Murder Analyze for case six of our missing um, people's cases that we're doing for this campaign to get this out there as, as much as we can about all these people missing from all over the place really and today's case is the James Nutley case and he went missing from Tenby in Wales. Now he went missing on the 24th of October 2004 so this is his case and this is something again that this lad just went out with mates and just disappeared literally so anyway let's get on with this so james now james had gone out with his friends actually there was about 20 of them in this group and they was actually from i think it's coldcott in monmouthshire uh, in wales it's just over the border of england into wales monmouthshire beautiful beautiful place now this was their annual golf tournament and stuff and they used to go then to a uh, golf trip then to Tembe. that's where they went on the 24th of october or they'd gone there and that's the day he went missing or the night he went missing now look you've got 20 lads out there golfing going out there they've gone to Tembe, having a great time they're out this evening yeah it's cold october yeah, in, in, in Wales especially and Tembe's right on the sea and you'll see the photos a stunning place Tembe but this lad was there and he was there with you know 19 other or 20 other of his mates but he decides on this night that um, as he they was all drinking he decides actually to leave now he left they was all drinking and a few people had already left and different, different went to different pubs or whatever or went back to their hotels now he decided, James decided that to leave the Prince of Wales pub, now that was in Upper Frogmore Street, and he left that pub at 22, or 23, sorry, 40. So about 20 to 12 at night, he decided, right, I'm going back to my Glatar Hotel. And that was on the Esplanade there, and that was where they were staying. So he decided to walk along. Now he was six foot two inches tall with brown hair. He was wearing a white top with blue sleeves and blue jeans and this is where he was last seen was walking down from this pub so at 23 57 james was captured captured on cctv you think great they've got cctv don't you it shows him now he was crossing the road from the beach side towards the atlantic hotel so he was crossing the road from the beach side. So he's on the beach side and he's crossed the road towards the Atlantic Hotel. This is important. He took, <laughs> now, I think there was about um, a few hundred yards behind him or in front of him, a group of lads, six, seven men, right? Walking along. Now, they was also walking along the pavement of this Atlantic Hotel, but James was about, they say, about 10 to 15 metres away from them. Now, the police were very keen to speak to these people, you know, uh, and for them to come forward. So wouldn't it have been great that when they found this CCTV footage of James on that night at 23.57, you know in the morning early hours of the morning just before 12 o'clock crossing the road from the beach side towards the hotel with this group of people just like 10 or 15 meters in front of them that they would have released that CCTV out wouldn't you because wouldn't it have been really 
helpful, you would say, even if the family and the press have been told about the CCTV images of James. But it wasn't until 18 months later that the police actually told the family that they had CCTV of James and showed it to her. Now Catherine, his mum, looked at the CCTV after all this time, this heartache, this anguish that they had been going through, her and her husband Jeff, in search of their son, to find out <laughs> that all this time the police have had CCTV which could have been put out there to the press and all the people around this area at this time that may have jogged their memory or them six lads that were walking along who may not have had anything to do with it, you don't know, but they may have, would have then have come forward. But when you're putting out information like this and you're telling also this family not to speak to the press about this case. Now, Catherine says herself, that was a wrong move. That was a wrong move to believe these police knew what they was doing. That's what she said. It was wrong for, to believe them. It was long, wrong to listen to them, telling her not to talk to the press. Now the BBC were there, ready to talk, wanted to put the story out there. The police said, no, don't speak to them. Now, why would the police say that? Now, there's many theories on why the police would say that, and I have my theories myself. Now, Tenbeer is a very, very small town. It's a coastal town. It's an absolutely fantastic place, Tenby. Absolutely. And it is a tourist destination. So nobody wants the tourists upset, do they? We can't rock the boat, really, if this is one of their reasons why they've done it to hold back the CCTV and not to publicise this case of this missing lad to really protect the image of Tembe because it's like, Tembe is like any other place that is coastal you're going to have people coming in and out going because it's a holiday destination it's a tourist destination right so these six men that may have known something or may not have known something but if they'd seen a CCTV of themselves and the press are pushing it out there that hang on a minute, we need to speak to these six men, they may not have come forward, but someone that have seen them may have come forward and said, but that's them. You need to go and say what you know. You see, this is what's happened when the police hold back in vital information in a case for the missing. Because every bit of evidence, no matter what it's going to do to your tourist destination, has to be said. Because there's a few reasons why that. One, it's not about your right to hold back information because you're fearful that you're going to disrupt the money coming into that area and the livelihoods of the people living in that area. What you've done, if this boy, the stuff that's happened to this sinister to this boy, you could have put other people in danger because just because they didn't they may have done it to somebody else there's lots of different issues here with this case and this is why i think this case still remains unsolved to this day because of the lack the lack of ability if that's how you want to put it if they didn't have enough resources as a family would said they would have knocked on doors this family are there every birthday of this boy and every day of his missing 
So you will see them in Tembe if you're there in October, because every year they go and try and publicise this boy. But they would have been able to do so much more, and this is what the family says so frustrating about not being shown the CCTV for 18 months of their child, the last sighting of their child. Now listen, that CCTV may not have proved anything, right? It may not have, but they should have at least put it out there. And please, publicity, when someone goes missing and you need people to know, you talk to the press. You may not do it on the first few days, all right? Because there's different reasons why the police like to hold stuff back from the press. They do, right? But not for 18 months, really. When you're talking about someone going missing, it's urgent that everything, all the facts are together, everything so quickly, because then first hours make all the difference. By the time 18 months is gone, it's over. That CCTV is worthless. It's worthless, really. It's, especially in a town like Tembe, which is a town that people come and go all the time. It's just absolutely now irrelevant. And I think this is what's happened with this case and why this case has really become cold. And do I think it will ever be solved? No. Now, three days after the disappearance of this lad, of James, um, his driver's license, national insurance card, golf membership card were discovered on South Beach. Now, you could say, okay, you and I, uh, you know, you, you could say, but it, maybe did he fancy going to swim? We're not talking about the height of summer here. We're talking about October. All right, the lad's had a drink. He's been out drinking all night. But we saw him, and this is why this crossing over the road on the CTV, CCTV is important. Because he was on the beach side, but he crossed over the road to the hotel side. He didn't, you know... They found his stuff on the beach, but the last sighting of this lad on CCTV shows him not on the beach side at all. He'd been on the beach side. He'd crossed over the road. He was walking to his hotel in the middle of October in Wales at nearly 12 o'clock at night. You're not going to go swimming, no matter how drunk you think you are. You just are not. And do they then try and assume that it's suicide because he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I've just left my stuff on the beach and he's walked into the sea. Now listen, this lad had no issues. There was no issues around it. Did someone leave his stuff on the beach to make it look like that's what's happened? Now, I'll tell you now, the Welsh Sea, as we all know, can be very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And um, it's not appealing to walk into that sea you know, in the middle of October, in the best of times. And I think for this lad, he'd been out, he'd had a great time with his friends, there'd been no issues. He was seen walking home, he'd crossed over from the beachside towards his hotel. Where is it there? Any information at all? Can you gather anything that would say that this boy was about to go and kill himself? There was just nothing in anything that was found there. That, I think, his stuff found on the beach was placed there by somebody else. 
there's sinister stuff going on here. There really is. Now, whether the six people in front of him or somebody else on that street that night done something to James, because James has never been seen till this day. Now, if he had gone in the sea, yes, he could have been washed away and he would have probably been washed back in. You would have found him quite quickly, I think. And listen, you know, in Wales, they're great. They go off and they're, they're great rescuers and stuff like this. And it is true that this body, if he was thrown into the sea even further up, you know, he could have been washed out. We don't know. We just don't know. But do I think that James took his own life? No, absolutely not. I do not. I do not. I believe that with James, there was something happened to James. And that because the evidence, like the CCT evidence, wasn't really put out there, wasn't given to the family. You know, the news media didn't get this case, get hold of this case. Um, it's going to make it very difficult for anyone now to come forward. But if you was in Tembe, now people, when they, a lot of people go to Tembe, in October, right, 2004, I think it was the 23rd, wasn't it? Can you please think back and if you was in this pub, if you'd seen James at any point that night, was he talking to anyone? Was he talking to a girl? Was he talking to anyone? Did anybody um, sort of see him coming out that pub and walking in a different direction? Did anyone see him really after these six men had maybe seen him? So when he was walking towards this hotel, this Atlantic Hotel, did he walk past that hotel? Where else could he have gone? Listen, if you know anything in this case, it is really important that you tell it. Do I think that James took his own life? No. So it's really important that now when we talk about people that may have been on holiday in Tembe, people that may have been passing through Tembe, people that may have been in these pubs, these hotels, out, it wasn't that late for in Tembe. It was still only about 10 to 12 at night. You people were still leaving these pubs. If you've seen anything, no matter how insignificant you think it is, can you please contact some of the numbers that I'm going to leave up here. You do not need to leave your name. You don't need to leave anything. You can be anonymous in this. But really, this case needs to be solved because this family believe that really, <laughs> they want to believe he's still alive out there. They want to believe that. But if not, they want to find out what happened to their son, or even to be able to put their son to rest. Because this is all that any of these families want to do, is to put their children to rest, is to know what happened to them. Now this family are devastated about the CCTV. They believe that if they had known about it, that they would have been more proactive, that they would have spoke to the press. This is in hindsight now, okay? I think the best thing now to do is focus on what we know, where we know he was, because I don't know how relevant even that CCTV would be now or it would have been back then, we don't know. There may be other clues about um, James. but So it's about eyewitness testimonies now. It's about anybody that saw anything on that evening. Did you even see James earlier on in the evening? Did he row with someone? Was there groups of people hanging around? Do you know 
Has anyone said anything to you about this boy's disappearance? Have they? Have they told you to keep quiet? As I've said, loyalties change over the years. People keep secrets for many years and then all of a sudden they decide that they don't want to keep them secrets anymore and they say and they tell about what's happened. It may be that you're one of them. If you are, please contact someone now. So listen, this has been a sad case really, I think, for this family. It's, a, it's just a sad case. James, James, he was 25 year old and again it's highlighting, isn't it? It's highlighting these cases of these men, young men, that just can literally vanish. He was out with 20 people, all men on a golf trip, but he still disappeared. And really, from the 24th of October, 2004, James Nutley has never been seen since. That's it. Nothing. Nothing. Now, I don't know what else I can say really in this case, apart from if, you know, I, I just don't. I think the family, I mean, we spoke about the families before and we spoke about their heartache and stuff for these families. And I really feel for this family that 18 months later find out that the CCTV has gone and they was never shown it you know and they see their son that was these last movements on on that night and she recognized him straight away you know she recognized him straight away on that was him that night so there's no there's no discounting that was him it was where he was seen crossing over from the beachside to the hotel that makes me think that something sinister has happened to james but it really highlights, doesn't it, that all of these cases, I mean, this is now case six, and I'm trying to do them from all different places and different ages, you know, whether they're female or male or young or old. You know, things can happen in an instant like this. Another young lad, 25-year-old, just gone without a trace. So you know what to do if you found this case interesting. Please put your thumbs up. You can subscribe and you can like and you can do everything like that. If you would like, you can follow this case on Let's Have a Chat About Murder. You can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. I will highlight and put up all the places where you can um, let people know if you have any information on any of the cases that we have done in this. So listen, we're now on case seven. Let's see where this takes us. But I just believe that these cases need to be highlighted because we have kids here. Because even at 25... James is someone's child. James had a life ahead of him. He really did. As did all these people that have gone missing. They had lives ahead of them. We just really need to either bring them back, dead or alive. They need to be put to rest. And so do these cases. So, until the next time. Bye-bye.